Uh, good morning. Um, last week I was on holiday with my uh, family, uh, not just my family, uh, close family, but also extended family. My brother who lives in China uh, with his wife and um, son came over and I haven't seen him for about three years. So we decided to kind of go down to uh, this big house in Dorset and, um, and have a big family holiday, which is a bit bizarre because I haven't been on holiday with the whole of us for about 20 years. So it's a little bit like, oh gosh, how it's going to be. But obviously we start to talk about... Um, are reminiscing about our times of being young and growing up together. And, um, and this came up, 4040. I don't know if you remember playing 4040. Um, I have no idea why they call it 4040. I think you count to 40, but I have no idea why they call it 4040. But we used to play this a lot uh, in our house, uh, in our road. So this thing's just whittling around my ear. Um, so we had this uh, quiet road, and uh, just opposite our house was this like, green area on the right-hand side across the road. And in the middle of that green area was just this one single tree. So it's fantastic for playing 40-40. If you've never played 40-40, it's like hide-and-seek, but you have a base, and one of you's it at the base, and you count to 40 with closing your eyes, and then the other guys go off and hide. And uh, you've then got to go away from your base and try and find where they are. And as soon as you see them, you have to run back to the base, touch it, and say, 40-40, I've seen you where it is, and then they're out. Uh, but if the last person gets home, then you have to do it again. So this one particular time, I remember quite significantly, uh, I had four of my friends, uh, and we went over to the green to play 40-40, and I was it, first of all. And uh, so I started to count to 40-40, my four friends went off and hid. And when I got to 40, I started to search them. Well, I picked out three of them really quickly. Some of them were terrible hiders. Uh, they were not hiders, but hiders. Uh, they were literally just sort of standing behind a hedge and something. So I said, 40, 40. But there was one person to go. His name was Simon. He was one of my next door but one neighbour, a good friend of mine. And I spent about a minute trying to find him. I couldn't find him anywhere. And uh, so I decided, well, I'm going to go across the road and look in some of the um, hedges in the, in the gardens in front of there. So as I crossed the road uh, and started to look around, the corner of my eye, I saw him across the other side of the road running from the other hedge, a big, big hedge I'd not looked in. I thought, oh, my goodness. So I like, right, I've got to get back to that, that home as quick as I can. And I just literally pegged it across the road. But I so focused on what I was doing that I missed the fact that there was a car coming around the corner. And it was actually my next door neighbour in the car. And she whacked me straight in the face. I literally hit the bonnet, uh, went up onto the windscreen like, hello! <laughs> and, uh, and then it flew me back onto the, onto the pavement. Now my friend, Simon, he hadn't seen what had happened. He was like, yes, I'm over <laughs> He felt obviously quite bad when he looked outside. I was like, um, But um, fortunately I wasn't hurt very much. Uh, I had um, my neck in collar for six weeks and I've still got a bit of a weak neck every now and again. I sort of wake up with it oh, a little bit stiff. But, um, but no injury done. But it reminds me that actually in life, I don't know if it feels like this for you, but in life, kind of sometimes things are going really well in life. Things are kind of chugging along nicely, you know, family's okay and job's okay and, and bits and pieces okay. And then suddenly, wham, something comes along in your life that absolutely completely like, whoa, what was that? And it's like really, really kind of makes you stop and think about faith and stop and think about family and stop thinking about lots of things. And um, many of you will know that those who come to the church here, many will know that, that my, Ali and myself and my family have had an interesting year. Uh, when I say interesting, it, it's been quite remarkable. Um, we've got to know Travelodge very well uh, because over the last year we've, um, we've kind of been homeless and we've stayed in around 15 different properties throughout the year, um, which is quite interesting. And I have to put this in perspective because... 
Uh, I'm not standing here this morning saying, look at us, we're wonderful, we've survived this year, aren't we great, and that sort of stuff. Because I realised that actually this time last year when we, we literally were homeless, um, I was watching the news of refugees arriving on the shores, you know, literally with the shirt on their back. And it was a constant reminder to me that actually it's not that bad. You know, we haven't got it that bad. But in the same instance, I, I measured that up that actually it has been quite bad. And, that, and if I'm really honest, there's been times in our, our last year where actually we've kind of like, is there really a God here? Is it going on? And actually for me and Ali, it's been a real strain on our marriage. And uh, it's been tough. Fortunately, our kids have been absolutely fantastic. They've loved the travel lodge. It's like, wait, travel lodge again. Um, <laughs> And we felt a little bit like this family on the left, literally just packing up, moving, packing up, moving, packing up, moving. Um, but I wanted to kind of uh, encourage you where you're at this morning. Um, and I'm going to read a passage from the Bible in a moment. Because although it's been a difficult journey, uh, just as we were singing this morning, God has been absolutely incredible. And I have shared bits of my testimony over the last year, but I wanted to kind of unpack a little bit more this morning to encourage you wherever you're at. If you're feeling a little bit like, where is God? Or if you're feeling like, is there a God? Or if you're feeling like there's a difficulty going on in your life, I want to encourage you this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, um, please turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to be reading from verse 31. I'm actually reading from uh, the Message Bible, because I just think it brings it to life a little bit. And... uh, Yeah, brings it a bit down down to earth. So Matthew 6, verse 31 to 34. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never, ever seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God... And the way he works, fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things you come up with when the time comes. And for me and my family, I wanted just to highlight, and if you can see that, it's in red, but I wanted just to highlight three different areas. One is do his best for you. Second is God provisions. And third is God will help you. And uh, I'm a little bit creative guy, and I like to put it into a little bit more of a, an easier chunk for you to remember. So I've put it as guide, provide, and I'm on your side. Nice and easy to remember. These are three things over the last year which uh, Ali and I have really found has kind of helped us survive this year. And uh, so we're going to start with guide. And uh, the, the phrase there that I've put is simply guide shows us the way and a mate. I want to take you back to April last year where things were, as in the 40-40 game, going really well. Uh, we'd had a house in Eastleigh, which uh, we were renting out, and we were living currently in Hursley, beautiful part of the, of the countryside. Uh, we were renting that house. 
And we'd sold our house in Easley. Easley, that had gone incredibly well. We got the asking price for it. We'd actually found a house in Chandler's Ford. It looked fantastic. It looked everything that we need. Uh, All the surveys had been done. And we were literally about three weeks away from moving into that house. And it was a Sunday night and uh, Ali had a dream. Now, Ali dreams quite a lot. Um, uh, Normally wakes me up in the middle of the night when she has one of those dreams. But uh, this is a a quite significant dream because in the morning when she shared it with me, uh, it was a bit scary, really. She dreamt that our son... um, was taken from the bottom of a driveway, taken by someone, a man. Um, I can't remember the end of the dream, maybe I can fill you in later, but um, I think uh, our son came back to us at the end. But the actual fact that he was just taken from the bottom of the driveway. And the driveway seemed to connect with the house that we were going to buy. It was very much kind of like the same sort of driveway. Now that kind of worried Ali a little bit, you know, some dreams are are really significant sometimes and we kind of just uh, prayed a little bit about it in the morning and and then Ali went on her day uh, as normal. Well on the Monday, the day afterwards, um, as this was playing on Ali's mind, she was due to meet a friend in the afternoon. Now a non-Christian friend, uh, but a really good friend of hers. And as they sat chatting over coffee, as you do, um, Ali was talking about this bis- and that. And, and kind of the, the friend was a little bit sort of agitated, a little bit kind of like, you know, I think I need to sort of say something. And Ali said, well, what's the matter? She said, look, I, I wanted to tell you something, but I'm not sure if I should tell you something because um, I know that you're about to buy this house and I know that you're you know, close to moving in. So Ali said, well, come on, talk, talk to me about it. And this girl then just mentioned very, very briefly that there had been a convicted paedophile um, literally in the same road as we were going to buy the house. Not only in the same road, but three doors away from where we were. Now, that's a really, really tough thing to hear, um, because as Christians, you know, we, we're here to love people and that sort of stuff, but we had to then wrestle with the fact of, okay, we've had this dream the night before, and now we've had this friend of ours, and as we, we looked it up online and stuff, we saw that this person was living three doors away. We had to weigh that up. You know, is that just a coincidence that the two were put together in two days? As a non-Christian, you would say, well, it's just a coincidence. But for us, it was very much a, a sense that God was beginning to guide us. And we felt, after a lot of consideration, we felt it was wrong, wrong to carry on with that purchase, and we had to pull out. Now, the problem is that, obviously, we'd signed our lease of our rented property to come out of that, and so the story goes on in a moment. I'll tell you about that. But that was a really, really start of our journey. It was almost as if God was saying, look, trust me in this. I don't think this property is going to be quite right for you. Now, we might be wrong. It might have been a brilliant property, and the, the person may not have been at all affected with us, whatever it may be. But at the time, we felt that God was guiding us. You know, we need to trust in guides, don't we? If you have a really good guide, if you go to a tour or whatever it might be, you put your trust in that guide. I remember back in 92 when I was travelling around America, I stayed at this youth hostel just below Grand Canyon. And uh, it was the most amazing trip that I had. And I wanted to do the Grand Canyon tour. uh, And at the youth hostel, the guy that was running the youth hostel was basically this kind of really surfy dude. And he just said, look, come with me. Give me $20. I'll take you up in my van and I'll show you around Grand Canyon. I was like... Okay, I don't even know you, but a lot of people seem to be doing it, so I put my my trust in this guide. Well, he took us to the Grand Canyon for the day, and instead of staying behind the barrier where everyone just views the Grand Canyon, and it's amazing, he basically took us over the railings and was getting us to jump from rock to rock with like a mile drop in between. And I was like, what? This is unbelievable. But it was absolutely incredible. We were standing on these rocks with nothing around us. Um, and I really had to put my trust in this guide. He was bonkers, but I put my trust in him uh, because if I didn't, I would have been falling down. And it was an incredible day. You know, for us, 
God is our guide. We have to trust that God knows what he's doing. Sometimes that seems crazy. You know, we were three weeks away from moving to this house. But we felt very strongly that God was saying, that's not the one I want to give you. Pull back a little bit. Trust in me. And the journey began from there. And the verse that connects to that is this one. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never, ever seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you and do his best for you? You know, God is a good, good father. We sang about it this morning. He wants the best for us. And I don't think God is someone who sits in the clouds and says, well, you know, I'm going to stop that there. I'm going to do that there. I'm going to change that there. I'm going to make that thing happen. I just think that actually God wants to bless us. And I think sometimes God says, you know, as you push a door, God just closes it and says, hang on in there. Just wait a minute. And sometimes it, it feels like, what? Why? Why on earth have you done that? But that's where our faith comes in. We have to trust in a God that has our best interests at heart. And so the journey began. But just before we move on, I wonder what God is talking to you. I wonder if he is talking to you. I wonder if he is talking to you. Are you ready to hear his voice. I wonder whether he's speaking to you this morning. You know, sometimes we get so caught up with our lives, don't we? You know, we were so involved in this house, had all the surveys done. We were so like charged ahead. This is the one for us. Great. And God just kind of steps in and says, hang on one second. And we had to listen to those two things that happened. And we felt it was very much God curing us. Are we too busy sometimes to hear God speaking into our life and actually then make an, a, a, an action in that? So we come on to provide. And this is where God blew my mind. I've, I've grown in my faith more in the last year than I have in my 47 odd years that I've lived. Um, unbelievable. So we, we literally signed our lease to come out of our property. So by July last year, we were coming out of our rented property and we hadn't got anywhere to stay. Um, many of you here this morning, I'm looking around and, and looking at faces. Many of you have stepped up to help us and in fact we distributed our furniture and all of our belongings in about seven or eight of your garages and some of them are still in your garages I can see as well so apologies for that um, so we literally got all of our stuff out of our house we put it in garages in storages and then we we went on the road uh, we packed up some bags and we just basically said okay God I have no idea what you're going to do with us over the next few weeks and months so we used up our jokers first of all and that was our family uh, so we stayed in three of our family's houses, one of mine in, in, uh, in Sickup in Kent. We stayed in a fantastic house that my brother-in-law owns in, down in Devon, had a really nice time down in there, and then came back to Ali's parents as well. And then as we came to Ali's parents, we literally didn't know where we were going to go. We had about a week there, and then one by one, and look at the places that we've stayed at. And many of you will be knowing those places. Every single house we went to, got blew our minds. Four bedroom houses. And everyone that stepped up, literally was about Thursday of that week, where we said, we don't know where we're going. And God said, there we go. And a phone call came in and said, oh, look, we're going away on holiday. You can come to stay at our house. It's like, oh, right, okay, fantastic. And the kid's like, where? Another house? Look at all this. <laughs> and me and Ali are like, oh, my goodness, got to pack up again. But every single house, every single house was just an amazing house. We weren't staying in shacks. 
You know, this is where I have to kind of weigh the whole thing up. I'm watching people struggling with their lives, but God just wants to bless us and bless us and bless us. Sorry, it's been a bit of a long year. Um, and then God wanted to really blow our minds because it got to the stage, and I think Ali will be really honest here, it's actually why we were staying at Brian and Hillary's house in Colton, Colton Common. And um, it got to an evening, and Ali had a bit of a mini breakdown. Nothing, but not a breakdown, but just like, I can't do this anymore. You know, I'm fed up with packing up and moving and that sort of stuff. And I said, okay, look, God, we, we just can't do this. We need somewhere, we need a base where we can just stop and actually be family. And um, again, literally, it was the next day that I had a Facebook message from an ex-student in my school. And he basically said to me, uh, look, I've seen from your status that you haven't got a house at the moment. Because I was like, help, help, we're in the house. And uh, he said, look, I think I've got a friend. My mum knows a friend of someone who's owning a house. Um, they're not actually staying in the house at the moment. I think they're looking to rent it out to someone. Uh, I'll give you the details. So over the next couple of days, I literally was Skyping this family in Nairobi. And uh, I had no idea who they were. They had no idea who I was. And uh, they explained that they had a house. Uh, it was actually in Hursley, which is amazing. And uh, they said, look, it's been empty for a while and we're looking for someone to rent out. We literally were just about to put it on Airbnb. Uh, but the fact that you've come forward and we know you through, your, through a friend and my friend that I work with at school and that sort of stuff. And they said, okay, look, we, we, we're really happy to kind of rent it out to you. And we were like, brilliant. And um, we didn't know where it was. And when we went to see it, um, we were just... And if you haven't been to a house, this is where we're currently staying. <laughs> the gravel's a bit annoying, but apart from that, it's fine. <laughs> and what's, what's amazing about this is that our kids' school is literally where you're sitting. It, it's right across the road. Um, and the people in Hersey, our friends from our school were literally like, how on earth have you ended up with that house? And we're just like, we've been able to say, say that this is God. This is how amazing God is. He just provides for us. And it hasn't been easy, but every time we've said, look, we really kind of need to press in here, God provides a house. Now, you know, it's not all great. I mean, it looks fantastic. We've had some problems. We've had rats and we've had an infestation of flies and the portal is broken and all that sort of stuff. And actually, the family comes back from Nairobi at holiday time. So literally, we have to move out of the house every time. We're still packing and unpacking. In fact, this Thursday, we've got to move out for three weeks and we've got to find another property. So it's not all, you know, plain sailing. But what an amazing haven. In fact, we've had quite a number of words over the year about God providing a haven. And we always thought it was going to be our house that we're going to buy. But we really felt that God said, look, this is a base for you just to relax and enjoy. You know, the kids can walk to school over the road. It's fantastic. We get our own gardener as well. They've got a garden for us. I hate gardening. I really hate gardening. And God provides us with a garden. You just turn up the door. Hi, I'm your gardener. Oh, really? Okay. Myself. So it's just unbelievable. And we're so, so blessed. Um, but we're still on that journey. We're still looking for a house. We're still, you know, trying to work out what God's got for us. But we just don't know what's next. But we're enjoying it while we're there. God reality. God initiatives. God provisions. You know, what has God provided for you? What do you need provision for? Maybe you're in that situation right this morning. Maybe it's a house. Maybe it's about a relationship. Maybe it's about work. Where actually you're feeling like we were feeling this year. We just don't know what's going on. God help us. We're at that stage where we're just like, 
show me something. And maybe God this morning wants to provide something for you. Maybe it's something that you really, really need and he wants to provide that. You know, also we have to reflect on what has he already provided for us. Sometimes we go through life and we kind of, you know, we kind of get used to things. But again, through this journey that we've been on, every now and again we stop and say, oh my goodness, we need to be giving to other people. We need to be doing things for other people. You know, so many people have blessed us this year. We want to bless other people as well. And we've tried to do that along the way. We've tried to, the money that we've saved here and there, we've tried to just actually bless other people because actually God has blessed us. And that's what it's all about. We have to keep providing for each other. So it, it certainly has been uh, a journey. So finally, on your side, you know, the verse in uh, Romans 8, verse 31. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we possibly lose? And that's, again, a fantastic verse that we hear, isn't it? And we kind of take that on board. But actually, quite often, I think if you're anything like me, sometimes we do say, where is God? You know, we look around the world, we see the news, we've heard all the stories that are happening. Sometimes we say, where is God in all of this? And maybe, again, you're going through situations right this moment where your question is, where are you, God? We've asked that question time and time again throughout this year. But as we look back, we see the trace that God has taken us. We see the moments where actually God has said, there I am, there I am, there I am, there I am. And even though we come at time and time again and say, where are you, God? God says, I'm still here. I haven't moved. I haven't changed. And we need to just really, really rest in that. So I encourage you this morning, wherever you're at with situations that you're going on, if you're asking that question, where is God? Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. No, God never lets us down. We sang it this morning. It may seem like he's let us down. You know, when that house well fell through, I was there saying, what are you doing? Why has this happened? Why have you given the dream? Why, have you t- why, why, why? And God says, well, just follow me, guide me. I'll, I'll guide you. Just keep trusting in me. We always talk about God's perfect timing, don't we? And um, quite often in our lives, the perfect timing is just at the very, very last moment when you're like, ah, just and that builds up our faith, doesn't it? Because actually, what I've learned this year is that to lean on God first and people next. I've lent on a lot of people this year. Many of you are sitting here this morning, but actually I've got to lean on God first. I've got to look to God and say, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I've got to trust in you here. I've got to put my faith in you. It's, it's been an incredible year and um, it's something that I'll never forget because actually, as I say, I've grown more this year because I'm not very good at letting go. Um, I'm not very good at not being organized. I'm not very good at, um, at kind of not knowing where I'm going. You know, if I'm planning a trip, I need to know where I'm going and what time I'm leaving and that sort of stuff because I'm just an organized person. Ali's a little bit more, ah, it's fine. Uh, but, but therefore, this year has been incredibly hard for me because I literally have been saying, I don't know where I'm living on Friday and it's Tuesday and I have to lean on God. I have to lean on God. And it's been really hard and it's put strain on us as a family. Our kids have been incredible, but for me and Anne, it's been quite a strain for a year. But every time that God's popped up and said, there we go, that's the next place, we've just been, oh my goodness. 
And we have to share with people around us. You know, the people that live and work with us at school uh, and, 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 and Ali when she meets the, the parents and stuff at school as well, they just cannot understand how we've done it. And they, you know, even some of the, the, the parents that talk to Ali, they're saying, you know, you really do trust in someone, don't you? You really do have someone there. And at school where I work, you know, actually they're getting used to God's stories from me. You know, about five or six or, six or seven years ago, we were given a car just completely out of the blue. And the people at school was like, what? You, you're given a car? And now they're like, oh yeah, you're, you're probably going to get another house. Or you're probably going to get a car. You're probably going to get that. Because they're just used to having God's stories. Uh, and I just hope that some of that is rubbing off on them as well. So guides provide and side. You might have guessed already that those GPS, the GPS of guide, provide and sides, brings in that global position. You know, I oh know. It's, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. It's only taken me six weeks over the summer to think about it. It's fine. When, a few years ago, when, when um, Ali said to me, you know, we really ought to get a sat-nav. And I'm like, don't be silly. We're not getting a sat-nav. I'm using my map. I've grown up with a map. I'm going to write down my directions. I'm going to have that bit of paper and my map. I'm going to pull over to the side of the road when I need to find that map. And I was like, for years, I was like, we don't need sat-nav. As usual, my wife slowly persuaded me. I'm like, what have I been doing with maps? It's like, GPS is just unbelievable, isn't it? How on earth can I switch on my phone on my sat-nav and someone know exactly where I am and then tell me where I go. Now, sometimes it doesn't quite tell you where you want to go. You want to go via a country lane. But generally speaking, it gets you exactly where you want to be. That's what I want for my life. I want God's GPS right knowing where I am. He knows exactly what's coming up. He knows the traffic that I'm going to go through. But he knows that I can go down that side road and I can miss that traffic. I need his GPS in my life. That's what we need. But we need to be connected to him to get it. If the satellites aren't working in space, we don't get no GPS. We don't know where we are. We have to get that connection going. And for us this year, it's been about looking upwards and saying, okay, I have no clue of what to do here. You're going to have to show us the way. And God's slowly done it. He's slowly shown us step by step. And I don't know what this next year holds. I have no idea whether we're going to be in, in our house in Hursley for another year. I have no idea whether a house is going to pop up next week. I have no idea whether we're going to have to move out of our property and we have to live in a caravan. I have no idea. But I do know that I'm quite excited about it because God is on my side. God is with me. And my GPS is working. And although I might get frustrated with it, sometimes I have to trust it. And when it says turn around... I've got to turn around. And when it says your destination is just coming up, I have to see if it's coming up. So I have to really be connected to that. So I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you're at, and I don't know the circumstances you are, you might come here this morning and actually you are desperate for that guide. You're desperate for God to just connect with you and say, look, let me show you the best way. Push this door and I'll either close it or open it. You might actually come this morning and you really do need provision. It might be just for the next meal on your table. It might be for a house. It might be for a relationship. It might be for something to do with your job. You just need God to provide because you really need this right now. And it might be that actually you're feeling like God isn't on your side. You're feeling like your life has been 
actually just kind of not fair and you're angry at God and you don't feel like he's on your side. But I want to encourage you this morning to just reflect on those three things, to maybe bring back God's GPS, to maybe allow him back in and just allow him to give you that provision, that guidance and that reassurance that he's for you. He's a good, good father. Never easy. God didn't say that Christian life is going to be easy. But actually, there's a real hope in what we believe in. You know, one final story, which is just, again, God's goodness for us. This holiday that we had just last week, um, when we moved out of our house last year in August, um, Ali was in Sainsbury's and she saw this little ring that was for sale. And it just literally had the words hope over the ring. And uh, she thought, what an amazing ring to just kind of wear on my fingers just to remind me every single day that actually there's always hope and actually when again when parents look at it they say oh I love your ring and they're like yeah this is my hope um well last week when we were on the beach in uh, in Dorset we had this huge stony beach and we were sort of searching for shells and nice stones and that sort of stuff and when Ali got back to the house she realized that her, her her ring had gone and the following that 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 actually uh that sort of morning, she'd be kind of walking along the beach and kind of talking to God and saying, you know, God, what are you doing here? What, what, what's the next step for us and stuff? And then when she, when she lost her ring, she was kind of really down about it because she was like, that's my ring. That's my little hope that I've got. And look, it's been, been taken and that sort of stuff. I lost it. And there's no way we're going to find it on a stony beach. The waves would have come up over the night and that sort of stuff. Anyway, just by accident, we decided to go back to the same beach in the morning just to kind of sit and chill on it. And I wandered down first when I parked the car and literally, on a stone, is the ring. I'm just sitting there. Unbelievable. I mean, the waves have been up, and the stones have... I mean, it's a massive, massive amount of stones, but the ring was just sitting there. And again, it was God just saying, just hang in there. Hang in there. I know exactly what you're going through. I know exactly what you've done, and I know exactly where you're going as well. I've got that GPS on you. Don't worry. So it's just really, really encouraging. So I just want to pray for you guys this morning. And if you want specific prayer uh, for something that's going on in your life, maybe there's something with, with what we've shared today, our testimony, that as he has connected with you, maybe you've got God just whispering things right now that you need him to kind of interject in your life. We'd love to pray for you this morning. But maybe if we can just stand and, um, and I'll just generally pray. And then if you would like specific prayer this morning, then you can come to the front and we'll pray with you more. And anybody that's got any uh, other words or whatever that can pray as well. Lord, I just thank you that uh, you're a good father. I thank you that you want the best for our lives. I thank you that you're a God that provides, not just provides what we need, but you are abundantly providing and abundantly blessing us. Lord, I pray for these guys this morning. I pray that for those people that are here this morning who actually don't feel very blessed, who actually are frustrated with life at the moment, who actually have things going on where they just don't know what the answer is. I pray through your supernatural power that you'll actually meet those people this morning, whether it's actually physically meeting their needs whether it's actually just whispering those words that you know what's going on.